Hello and welcome to Switchboard, the podcast about Nintendo and the Nintendo Switch for Nintendo and Nintendo Switch fans. I am Chris. I'm joined by my man Josh. Yo, what's up, dude? Hey, my man. So you've been getting your Nintendo on? I have been getting my Nintendo on, and in fact, today was a great day for Nintendo Switch fans because... We got 20, I think 20, uh, by my count, uh, new indie games announced for the Nintendo Switch, which is the best system for indie games, at least in my very humble and unbiased opinion. Well, I think it took the uh, the crown today. The Yeah, definitely. I think there was people that wanted the Vita to sort of become that, but I, I don't think that was ever realized. But based on that event today, sure seems like it's... If you didn't already see that, you should have after today. Um, but yeah, we'll get definitely. into that more in our in our Nindy segment. So you want to talk about real quick what you've been playing, what you've been doing since we recorded last? Yeah, I mean, so we recorded a, what like four or five days ago, <laughs> so not much yeah. has changed. <laughs> I'm still playing Splatoon two. Uh, it's still probably one of my favorite like multiplayer games of the year. Um, spoiler alert for you know our conversation later on in the show, but it seems like Nintendo really loves their unconventional first-person shooters. Uh, so I'm really excited uh, that we have Splatoon. Uh, they keep updating it with like new weapons and stuff like that. Um, I'm excited about the new maps and whatnot that are coming out soon. Um, you know I'm all about that salmon run. So what what have you been playing? Well, I've been playing Rabbids. Mario plus Rabbids. I talked about it briefly the other day as I was just too excited about it right around launch. Um, and of course, I've been playing some Splatoon 2 as well. It's primarily just those two. Um, yeah, man, so you were Rabbids. saying that Rabbids are like, it's like one of your, your favorites of the year, right? So you want to talk about it a bit? So me as someone who doesn't own Rabbids yet, uh, why, don't you, why don't you pitch it? Like, what do you love about it so much? Okay, so, I mean, I'm already a sucker for turn-based strategy games. Um, But I would just say that there's part of what works is that it shouldn't work. Like, the pairing of Mario and Rabbids (laughs) is just so bizarre. I mean, that's why when it was sort of leaked before E3, it was like, what kind of game would this? It seemed like maybe a party game or probably a platformer or something. And everyone was sort of, like, down on it. But then you saw gameplay and you're like, oh, interesting. But so there was all the fear that it would be dumbed down, sort of more of a for kids or entry level into the thing, not near as hardcore as something like XCOM or Disgaea or even Tactics. Um, but I'll tell you, it gets pretty hardcore. Um, there's a skill tree on each character. You can pair them all in different ways. The rabid versions of the Mario characters are completely different from the Mario um, like personalities, I guess. And there's just a lot of surprising stuff. The level designs are really cool. The You don't always just, okay, kill everyone on this map. Um, there's like get from point A to point B. Um, there's a specific enemy to kill. Um, there's just like different types of objectives, so it mixes it up even. The exploration in between each level is really interesting. It's not like trying to be a platformer either. It's sort of like finding 
unlockables, finding coins, finding things that can help you upgrade your gear, upgrade your, your characters to make your party stronger. Um, but they do them in cool ways that are sort of nice nods to Mario. Like sometimes you find a red ring, and so then you got to find all eight of the red coins in the area within the oh, time nice. limit. Yeah, yeah it's cool. cool. Um, the first time I saw that, I was like, wow. Um, but it's not like you're in the Mushroom Kingdom, but it's not trying to be a Mario game. It's just kind of like, okay, that's the coin sound effects. And it, it's it's really hard without playing it to talk about why it's not a Mario game <laughs> because it has yeah. Mario and everyone in it. But when you're playing it, it's like surprising that Nintendo didn't make it because it's so polished. But um, it's also very clearly not Nintendo. It's just, it's a very interesting animal. Yeah. But it can't stop playing but, it either. So is it like, I mean, like Final Fantasy Tactics is to Final Fantasy as Mario Rabbids is to Mario? Like, is it that kind of, like, why didn't they just make this in the first place? Because it seems to fit into the series so well. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, I think you could say that. It is weird, like, because we've had, like, Mario RPG, Paper Mario, like, turn-based RPGs, but not like this ever. And it does seem weird, like, why this hasn't happened before. I mean, clearly not as a crossover with Rabbids, but just in the Mushroom Kingdom itself, turn-based strategy, it is pretty weird that that hasn't happened before. Because it's it's very good. Like, like, the boss fights are really cool. There's, like, mid-bosses that happen, too. And they're all done in interesting ways, and you really have to think through how you're going to get to stuff. I've had to replay a number of maps, um, especially as you get to the later part of World 1 and into World 2. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like you can't just like like grind your way through it and expect to just win all of them and just see everything and you're done. Like You really do have to think about it um, and plan. They have this camera where you can view the map ahead of time when you're in a battle and most of the time, you really should do that because you'll get surprised. You really do have to pay attention to where you put your characters each move. If you don't, they're going to get knocked out. Um, I, it's it's really it's just really good. There's just nothing about it that's <laughs> not well done and polished. No, that's really good to hear. I mean, I think like we we've been talking recently about this. Um, you know, when you first looked at the Nintendo Switch being launched. It was like Zelda Breath of the Wild, and then it was like a big question mark, and then you had, you know, Mario Odyssey coming out in the holidays. But, like, there's been a ton of great games that have come out between, you know, the two, quote-unquote, like, flag flagpole uh, properties. And I think, like, Mario kind of snuck up on everyone. Like, I remember at E3, when they, like, started showing it about it, and I think it was actually, like, a leaked ahead of time, if I remember correctly. Um, and basically, they were, like, Oh God, like another Rabbids game. It's going to be like some cheap knockoff, you know, like spinoff of Mario Party because no one knew what it was. They just knew the title. And now we get this like actually like kind of like in, you know, this deep uh, tactics game. Uh, I mean, it's not from what you've told me, it's not like the, the deepest tactics game ever. Like you don't have to spend like, you know, a minute obsessing over your turns, but it does sound like that there's actually like a lot of, strategy involved in it and whatnot so i mean that's really cool yeah there's been like i don't have to sit and just like do menus for 20 minutes like i would in disgaea 
um, yeah. because there's less party members and, and stuff like that. But there is many times where I make a move and I'm like, oh, that was so dumb. Why didn't I wait longer to think that through? <laughs> like, oh, now I'm going to lose. Like, oh, geez, Louise just got knocked out and that was so stupid. Um, and that type of thing, like, constantly is surprising me. And I guess going in with the expectation that, like, it was going to be a little dumbed down. I've played a lot of hardcore strategy games and figured, like, I'm expert level. Like, it's going to be easy. I just keep being surprised how that's not the case, I guess, is part of why I like it so much. Yeah. And maybe eventually that will wear off. But the levels consistently are surprising and interesting. And the, the gear is really cool. I mean... If you buy, I don't know if it's just on launch day or what, but there's this whole like DLC pixel pack that came free with the game. Um, and so the, the, the weapons are all kind of like 16 bit, 18 bit. And when they shoot, they're even like pixelated, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Um, like they all have just distinct differences in the stuff. Um, I said in the little short thing the other day that it's a little weird at first to see like Mario shooting a gun, but right. that wears off like very quickly because it's not like, Grand Theft Auto or something like like hyper violent. It's just still like you know cartoony. Um, not, not yet, you mean? Because who knows? After we get a tactics Mario game, we could get Grand Theft Mushroom Kingdom. You know? Yeah. Maybe that's the next right. Grand Theft Auto is gonna set up in uh, the Mushroom Kingdom, and Bowser is gonna be like the crime lord and and whatnot. I don't know. Who knows? We don't know any details <laughs> yeah, about know? Grand Theft Auto Six. That's right. That is Dude, right. Could you, we never could you imagine a game that's like part Mario Kart, like you like just hijack someone's cart, you know, and drive around Mushroom Kingdom, and then you have like <laughs> when you get like a five star wanted level, you get the airships, you know, from Mario Brothers Three that come in and like they're just like shelling you with those uh the the cannon uh dudes and whatnot. I mean, it'd be it'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm on board for when there's a Rabbids Kingdom Battle slash GTA Party. That sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. So it sounds like you give uh, Mario plus Rabbids your uh, seal of approval, which is the highest the highest approval rating we have on this show, which we just made up. <laughs> yes. Stamp that seal of approval that just was created by us. <laughs> Maybe they'll put it on the box, man. I don't know. Like, who knows? Chris, we've approved. Yeah, I, I am. I am very influential. Yeah, well, that's good. I'm. Uh, I'm definitely thinking about picking it up. I think the only thing I would say uh, is that you know the one concern I had about it was if I go and buy Mario Plus Rabbids, am I going to come back to this of Five? Because I'm still working my way through it. I'm a lot slower than you when it comes to that because I've been playing too much Splatoon and too much Arms. So. Do you think that there's enough room for on the Switch for both of them? Yes and no. I think it would be hard for me to tell you another full-priced game when you're playing a strategy game already. But mm -hmm. they are very different in terms of the strategy RPG genre. Um, like... It seems like Rabbids is like filling like this different part of me that likes almost more like a puzzle game. I think there's some other reviews that have sort of said that. 
Um, I feel like it's more like that part of my brain versus the the battles that take like 45 minutes and you really had to have like 20 people in your party and a lot of planning and stuff. This is not that game, but I wouldn't be shocked if it turned into that. The party never gets past three people in Rabbids, but um, I wouldn't be shocked because the battles are already getting more into They were like five minutes. Now they're probably more like, 10, the last boss in World 1, which I'm not going to say what it was, but it was in the trailer. Um, it took maybe like 15 minutes. Um, so, you know, they might take longer later on. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. But they do. They seem to fill like a different spot for me. So I think you would go back, but you might not go back until you're done with Rivas because it seems like I'm probably guessing it's going to be a 30 to 35 hour game which is fine yeah but you're looking more like 90 hours plus depending on how much post-game stuff you do in sky five so yeah i guess that's more like your call but um i even played a map on this guy yesterday um, because i'm very close to the end so i still want to finish it but i'm very into rabid so I don't know. I probably won't finish it for a week because of Rabbids, but I, I know I'll go back. I mean, this guy is more like an RPG in tactics form, where it sounds like Mario plus Rabbids is a tactics game with some RPG elements. Is that kind of a fair way? Yeah, to that's it? a good. Yeah, that's a really good way to say it. I think that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's pretty great. I mean. I love this guy. Um, I was kind of craving like an RPG fix. If you are kind of on the fence about it, there's actually a demo out on the eShop. Um, so give it a try. And uh, it's it's really weird. It's really wacky. But that's kind of like what makes it so charming and, and work so well. And I mean, it's it's one of those games, especially like if you are like me, uh, who grew up playing like Final Fantasy VII, and you like those big numbers like flashing on the screen, like later on in the game, you can do some crazy amounts of damage and have like an insane amount of like stats and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's pretty great. Another plug for Disgaea, but if you haven't checked it out and you like RPGs and tactic games, you should check it out. And if you like tactic games and RPGs, you should check out Mario plus rabbit. Yeah, I think that it's good that they're both there because there's not a ton of RPGs on there right now. Um, like I Am Setsuna. Um, I'm yeah. having a hard time thinking of another one besides the two that we've been talking about that aren't even like true RPGs. Yeah. So if that's your if that's your bag, I would probably say check them all out, but I don't know if you should do it at the same time. That's a lot of stuff at once. <laughs> yeah. There are some RPGs coming, though, uh, in the stuff we saw today, so maybe we should get into that. Yeah, let's talk about some Nindies. So, uh, for those who didn't get a chance to tune in, um, Nintendo announced uh, 20 uh, new indie games. Uh, well, some of them are new. Some of them have been released before, but uh, are coming to the Nintendo Switch for the first time, obviously, ever. Uh, and some... Uh, to a console for the first time ever. Um, it was a, I mean, <laughs> we were talking, I was trying to get some lunch before uh, the the show started. And I, I, you know, I was like, I'm going to go get some lunch. I'm going to come back and hopefully I'm not going to have missed a lot. 
and I actually had to rewatch it because they come out flying fast and furious. Um, it kicked off with the, the new Super Meat Boy, which uh, I don't know about you. I was a huge fan of the first one. Um, oh, it yeah, was I a love really it. hard platformer. It. Yeah, it was a super hard platformer, but it was really satisfying once you like got into it. Uh, and it looks like that they've added like enough stuff um, to the new one called Super Meat Boy Forever um, that it's gonna it's gonna be different enough in feel. Uh, I mean, right off the bat, like they they showcased this kind of like aerial punch move, which can also be used to like move you for uh, you know horizontally on the screen. Um, so that's kind of cool. And like a, a, a slide move. Um, so, I mean, there's, a, there's enough elements and people who played Meat Boy uh, will probably realize that just kind of adding those elements to the game are, are going to mix things up quite a bit. Yeah, and his kid was in there, Nugget. Yeah, can't forget about Nugget, man. Yeah, so, and I saw I mean, that... Um... I saw that Team Meat on Twitter was saying that you'll also be able to play as Bandit Girl this time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I bet they're going to have a pretty cool cast of, like, unlockable characters. Because that was one of the cool things about the first one that you could, like, play as, like, um, what was it, like, Pixel Runner. And I think there was, like, I think they even had Shovel Knight in there, which, you know, is another indie game that they uh, announced today. That's right. That's right. I forgot they had all those like other indie unlockable people. Yeah, the, man, that that was a really cool thing that they added because it really changed up the way that you played Meat Boy. I mean, you like Shovel Knight could actually like dig through levels and stuff like that, which like helped you sometimes, but not always other time. And I don't know. It was it was cool the way that they mixed things up. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing if they add any like Easter eggs or anything like that um, to the new one. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So did you want to go through the entire list or you want to go through some highlights? Well, I mean, there was there's 20 games announced. I mean, it's probably going to take us a good long time to get through all of it, but let's just uh, kind of go through our highlights here because, uh, I mean, we talked about Meat Boy. I think we're both pretty excited about that one. Um, I'm also really excited for... Uh, the Shovel Knight expansion, um, King Knight, um, just because I bought Treasure Trove on the Switch. Uh, it's a really great, um, like, side-scroller, kind of Metro Metroidvania, not quite, you know, that hardcore uh, because it's, it's not one consistent level, but, like, you unlock new abilities. It's more like Mega Man, I guess. Um, and every time that they've done a new expansion, uh, like it changes up the levels really drastically. Um, I will say because I bought the treasure trove expansion, I played through uh, hollow Knight, specter Knight, and plague Knight, which are like the three. Um, wait, did I say hollow Knight? Cause that's a different indie game. I'm, <laughs> I'm in Shovel have, Knight. But, yeah. yeah. But I mean, so I played through those three adventures and they play pretty much the same, um, but they give you different abilities and you go through kind of the same levels that are kind of remixed. Um, and in the um, briefing today, they showed, or they, they said that they're adding new levels, which I'm all excited about. And then they also mentioned the card battle game, which is, which 
I don't know. How, how do you feel about the card battle game? You think it's going to be good, bad, kind of a add-on? I, don't I know. mean, it's kind of weird, but at the same time, I know I'm going to play it. I'm probably going to like it. So, I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. If you like retro games, like, at all, like, Shovel Knight is probably one of the better ones I've played. And uh, what else jumped out at you? What 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 else made your list? Man, it's all about golf story. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Golf Story, uh, I it had apparently been announced before, like, looking into it after seeing it, but I didn't know about it. It's a golf RPG. Essentially, it's done in sort of uh, more like 16-bit style, kind of in between 8 and 16-bit, um, kind of top-down. Um, honestly, it looks sort of like Stardew Valley, but you're playing golf. But there's a full story, they say. There's, like, character progression and all this type of thing. You get better at golf. You have, like, golf rivals. I mean, there's not a yeah. ton else besides, like, visuals, which I can't obviously show you on a podcast. But um, the visuals look cool. And I'm 100% in on this. Like, uh, like I mentioned earlier, there's not a ton of RPGs. I do love RPGs. And it reminds me a lot of, um, I was telling Josh earlier, uh, the Mario Golf game, it was, like, uh, around, like, 2003-ish on, like, Game Boy Advance. You could play just the whole Mario, whoever you want, but you could also be your own golfer and, like, level up your clubs and do kind of a light version of what they're describing the golf story is going to be. And I played so much of that game. I didn't. It wasn't even, like, that. It, there was a lot of things wrong with that game, but still the idea of, just the progression of skill was really cool. Also why I like NBA 2K18. My yeah, I was going to say, so, RPG plus sports games work really well, and developers should do it more often because it's really cool. Yeah, definitely. So I'm, I'm 100% on Golf Story. Um, so that one certainly jumped out at me. I have a question, though, because they, they mentioned that, so they're going to have, like, I think they said, like, Frisbee Golf. As, alongside like regular golf and then drone drone something or other I, I think they said like drone golf i'm like that doesn't sound that hard to me because you can actually like control a drone now granted i've never like flown a drone before so maybe it is kind of difficult to fly around but I don't, is that a real thing like drone golf i have no idea but <laughs> I, I i don't know i actually might have passed out a minute when it was first shown. I was just so in based on the visuals. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I had to also go back and watch stuff again, and I saw that too. I mean, it is yeah. weird, but I'm so in on the game that I know that I'm just going to be like, cool, I guess I'm drone golfing now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not going to think too hard about it. So. Yeah. Um, um, I'm really excited about that... Floor Kids. I don't know about you. Yeah, but yeah. Floor Kids looks awesome. Yeah, it does look really cool. I don't really totally understand the gameplay as much, but it's like a, a rhythm game, which I do like rhythm games. Yeah, I mean, it could be... So we were talking about it. Um, obviously, it's just a teaser trailer, and I like uh, Golf Story. You know, if this game has been talked about before, I'm not sure if like the details have been released on it. But... It almost looks like a rhythm-based, like, fighting game where you're basically trying to, like, one-up each other, which is kind of like how breakdance, you know, works. You know, like, there's the, the call and response. 
uh, nature of it. And I don't know, it looks really cool. I like the uh, hand-drawn art style. Um, to me, it kind of reminds me in a weird way of like the um, like kid robot stuff almost. I don't know if you got that vibe out of it, but. Yeah, the, the visuals should... sure look that way. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, we're going to get some cool soundtracks. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to know more information about it, but I like the style. I like the music. You know, I like the hip hop kind of culture. Uh, You know, I'm down with it, as they say these days. Um, So we'll see how it goes. It's not as exciting. It's certainly not new, but Kentucky Route Zero TV edition being a a console exclusive on switch is kind of a big thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I actually, um, I actually have Kentucky route zero, um, on steam and, uh, I played through it. Um, when I played through it, it only had chapter one. Um, so it was like right when it first came out. Um, and it was really, really short. Uh, at least I felt like it because I, I don't know, I guess I got like way into it and I wanted more. But I'm excited that like they're kind of releasing the whole package for it because, I mean, they kind of teased you like with the the trailer. But it's it's like so atmospheric and so like weird and kind of bizarre. Like it's not like, I don't know, I don't want to say it's like Twin Peaks weird, but it is like you're going through like the middle of nowhere America and you go into like, these caves and there's like weird stuff that happens. And I don't know. It's, it's just an interesting setup. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to have it on the switch. I mean, it's I, I, Kentucky route zero first came out years ago. I don't know. I don't remember exactly its release date. I'm going to look it up really fast, but it's like, I mean, yeah, it came out in 2013. So it's like a four year old game, but it is really cool that like, the switch is getting it and it's going to get like the whole version of it, like all five episodes, which is really cool. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, I mean, I, I never same, played it. Yeah. Sorry. Um, kind of in the same ilk though. Um, Polybridge. Uh, I don't know if you've ever played that one. Um, that's kind of been an indie darling for a while, uh, on like uh computer and stuff like that. Um, and it's, it's like this really fun like physics game. Um, it's really fun to like tinker around in and seeing it on the switch. Like I'm actually really excited about it because it, it's so goofy. Like, you know, you, you can go onto like uh, the gaming subreddit, like our gaming and almost, I don't know. I would say at least once a week you'll see, or at least you did uh, see like someone making this weird bridge that like will fling a car in the air and like it'll land it on the other side or like it'll, the car will be driving across it and the bridge will be like breaking up as it goes along. Uh, And it's just like this really like bizarre, like trial and error game uh, that you can kind of really create weird stuff, almost like a, like a rude Goldberg machine, um, which is kind of cool. I don't know. Are you, are you into those kind of games or is it more just like, me with my weird science thing. Like I like Kerbal Space Program and all like the actual like science based stuff. Yeah, I think that you're more into it than me, but I'm not a not into it. Yeah. <laughs> not a great grammar, but I think that I probably wouldn't think as much time into it as you would. But I mean, it sounds awesome. What they showed today looked really cool. I, I haven't played it, 
Um, yeah. I'm not much of a PC Steam person, but it does look cool. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, uh, it's just nice that they have, like, that kind of variety, you know? And and also, I think the other thing that's kind of cool about both Polybridge and Kentucky Route Zero is that they have both been out uh, for a while now. And so, like, you kind of know that they're quality games. Um, and now that, you know, you can have a Switch, uh, granted, if you don't have, like, I guess, what, like the NVIDIA Shield or whatever, like the remote PC um, thing is. I forget. <laughs> I think it's an NVIDIA Shield, but it was basically like you can play your PC games wherever uh, as long as you have, like, a really good Internet connection and your computer at home has a really good Internet connection and all these caveats. And now it's like you can just get these indie games and play them on the go, and I think both of them are going to be really good for the kind of pick-up-and-play nature of the Switch. Yeah, I agree. I I mean, there's very few games that were shown today that I'm not interested in, but clearly I can't get them all. But I think that almost every single one, it's really cool, the variety, but they also seem like, well, that would be awesome to have on the go. Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of amazing, you know, we, we were talking earlier in private, like while we were watching the, the stream, like, they announced 20 games today, and chances are you could probably get almost all of them for the price of, like, two or three full-price, like, first-party Switch games. And, I mean, I'm, obviously we're really excited about, like, Mario. I think, like, Next Up Hero seems kind of cool. It's the guys who did, uh, like, Scribblenauts, I think they said. Yeah, I think it was the team who did Scribblenauts, yeah, Scribblenauts. and Locked Quest. And, like, those are, good, those are good games, so I'm always interested to see what they have cooked up. Um, the way they kind of described it was a little weird and I'm not like, I don't know. There was something about like the gameplay that didn't look super great, but I do kind of like the fact that, um, they kind of took like the dark souls formula where you can like see where people have died. And instead of just being like, Oh, this is where someone died and you're going to see the last couple of seconds before they died, which like kind of gets old. And I don't know, personally in like the dark souls game, I don't know if you've ever played them but it's like I'll see those bloodstains and I'll touch them and it's like, oh, yep, you died. And then, like, maybe after the first 12, I stopped doing it because it's like, eh, don't really care anymore. But, like, in this game, you touch you touch where people have died, like the spot where people have died, and they come back as ghosts and they help you fight people. And that's, I don't know, that could be kind of cool. I need more information. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I think the concept is cool, but I'm – very unsure about the gameplay, but yeah. I did love Scribblenauts, so you know I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, and we'll see how it works. But the concept sounded cool. The gameplay looked a little—I was confused. I guess is the way to say it. But, yeah, it was like that. Like it was like the isometric, like Diablo style view, um, and it—I don't know. It kind of almost reminded me of like. Um, Bastion kind of in gameplay where it was like not I don't know how you're going to control it but it looked like it could have been like a twin stick shooter or something like that almost but I don't know we'll see I mean it kind of depends on like how they they roll it all out and you know make it play and, and whatnot so we'll see yeah so we should talk about um you referenced it earlier we should talk about Morphe's Law yeah Definitely. Um, 
I think that Nintendo has finally decided to just make first-person shooters outlawed on all their consoles and make only untraditional first-person shooters uh, the norm because, man, this game looks weird and, like, oddly non-violent despite the fact that you have a gun. <laughs> um, so... You want to explain what uh, Morphe's look is all about? Yeah, so it's it's a shooter. It's a multiplayer shooter. I think it was four on four, right? And yeah, um, I think so. and so basically, you're shooting at the other players like you would in a shooter, but you take the mass of the person's body where you hit them. So if you hit them in the head, your head gets bigger and theirs gets smaller. And that works for any body part. So it showed like someone's butt getting bigger, their foot getting bigger. But so the more you get hit, the smaller you get. So that makes you harder to be hit. But that makes them huge and way easier to be hit. So it's an interesting like balance. Um, and so the point is, there's like a giant like Morphe avatar for each team. And the one that's larger at the end of the time limit is the one that wins. So it's it's a similar idea to something like Turf War and Splatoon, but you're using like body mass that you're taking from people versus inking turf. And it's it's a really cool idea. Yeah. No, I I think it's really cool. Um, I think it was weird. Like I saw like, uh, I think it was like Kotaku wrote about uh, Morphe's Law and they said it was like an attack on Titan shooter. And I'm just like, you guys didn't pay attention at all to the video. Cause what, yes. did, what did you feel about uh, Mulaka, which was, so for those who missed the stream, it was this like indie game that was kind of like basic in terms of like, uh, it was almost like a journey, I would say on the PlayStation three. So you played through that where it was like really colorful kind of, uh, basic shapes and stuff, but it's supposed to be about um, this like Native American culture from uh, Chihuahua, uh, Mexico. I'm hoping I pronounced that right. I just realized that I might not be, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but uh, it looks cool. I mean, like I'm a little worried because in the trailer I saw some like frame rate drip, like you know dips and stuff like that. But it, I mean, it was cool. Like the main character. First of all, I like stories that tell different stories than the ones we always get. Like, I always feel like we get, like, bro Call of Duty games or, like, World War II games or something like that. But this is, like, you know, draped in Native American culture. And I also really like the fact that you could, like, transform uh, into, like, different animals and stuff like that. I mean, did you have any thoughts on Malaka? I actually wasn't that into it. I thought the visuals seemed interesting, but... It all seemed so early. Like they said it was like later 2018. Yeah. I was sort of feeling like maybe you shouldn't have shown me this game yet. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I'm not against it. I, the story that they described sounded like a cool story, but the visuals didn't seem like cool. The gameplay didn't really grab me. That's probably the only one that I really was like, eh, maybe Yomo a little. I wasn't that into, but um, yeah. I, I, it wasn't really doing it for me. Yono was that uh, elephant game, right? Yeah, it was. It seemed fine. It just seems a little too like young, I guess. 
Yeah, I feel like if I had a kid or something like that, like I'd be like, oh, here, let's play some Yono. But I don't know. I probably yeah. won't get it otherwise. I mean, prove me wrong. Like, who knows? It could be great. It could be like the best indie game out of this list. Maybe, maybe second only to Golf Story. But I don't know. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, like, come on, like. I'm the one that's talking about Mario plus Rabbit is like one of the best games I've played. So I'm not against like things looking like they're young. I just didn't grab me at all. And yeah. the same was for Mulaka and they were shown like back to back. Let's see one that you don't seem totally into, but I'm kind of into is battle chef brigade. Yeah. So why don't you like what, what exactly draws you into it? I mean, I, before they even said Adult Swim Games, which I know is just publishing it, uh, it definitely has, like, kind of an Adult Swim aesthetic. But, like, what what do you like about it? Well, I've already seen some stuff about the development of it. There's this um, cool YouTube series on the Chainsaw, Chainsaw Suit YouTube channel. Sorry, that's weird to say. I've never said it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's called stage of development they're on their like fifth or sixth episode and it's all about indie developers in chicago because there's a lot um and in the the episode called indie city it's either the third or fourth episode they show a bunch of different ones specifically like the projects they're working on and issues and one of the teams they talk to are the ones doing battleship brigade mm. and so stuff they showed in that um stuff they were trying to figure out already sounded cool to me but i didn't know it was coming for switch it was just Oh, that looks cool. And then I filed it away, figuring it's like a PC thing. And since I don't play much on computer, I figured I wasn't going to see it. So then it showed up today. I was like, oh, cool. Um, it's basically you're a group of chefs and you go on this like like quest. You're like finding ingredients. But when you're actually like cooking and having like Battle Chef, almost like a Iron Chef type competition, it's like a match three puzzle game. So yeah, trying to get the ingredients in the right place and in the order and winning, you have to do this match three thing. Um, but then in between the, your, your match three puzzle stuff, you go exploring for finding like the perfect meat and this like ancient herb and all this type of stuff. That's, it's a really weird genre mashup that I'm kind of interested in. So I don't know the art style. It certainly does have an adult swim athletic. So it's not surprising that they're publishing it, but yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't a hundred percent sold on it. Um, I'm still like, I don't know. There's 20 games I got shown. I'm not sure if it is in my top five, but like they, they released like an extended trailer for it. Um, and when I saw the trailer and I actually saw like some of the, the gameplay, um, I do think it's kind of cool. Uh, I especially like the idea that like you go into almost like dungeons and, and hunt for like special ingredients and stuff like that, which is kind of cool. So. Yeah. I, I think that I don't know if I would say it's maybe it is my top five, like number five, maybe. Um, yeah. But I, I think what I like is that it's just like a perfect, like if someone was like, well, why should I care about indie games? Like, well, here's why you get stuff that would never be put out by some, someone larger. Like look at the chances that are being taken. And I think this one probably shows that better than something yeah. I've seen in a while. Well, you know, it has to be good when it actually comes out, but I guess that's what I like about indie games. So I guess that's probably part of it for me. 
Um, yeah. What else? What else? I feel like we've gotten through a lot of them. Oh, we didn't talk about SteamWorld Dig, too. We already knew about that, but we got a date. It's coming out September 21st. Did you play the first one? I did. I don't think I finished it, though, but I played it on um, Wii U, maybe? Yeah. It was on Wii U, right? Uh, I believe so. I have it on, on Steam, so I, I don't know for sure if it is or yeah, not. Yeah, every... Every Steam yeah. sale, I get a bunch of stuff, but I never play very many of them, so I don't know. Right. But at some point, I played it, yeah, and it was cool. I liked it. It's been a while, though. Yeah, it looks really polished, um, and I think, like, I might give it a go just because of how polished it looks. But, yeah, I mean, it's like they kind of – they had a couple of titles that were, like, I guess what I would call, like, centerpiece titles in the announcement, like Super Meat Boy and stuff like that. But, uh yeah. SteamWorld Dig 2 was definitely one of them. And, uh, you know, it looked really cool. I just, like, don't really have any kind of, like, connection to it. So. Yeah, I wouldn't put that, like, the top five year reference. I wouldn't put that in there. But there's a high chance I'll still check it out. They didn't say what the price of it is. 10 to 15. I'd probably check it out. Um, I don't know. But it's fine. We got a date. That's cool. I know a lot of people are excited about it. Um, I think there's two others that we were really into that we haven't talked about yet. Um, we one, pretty I much talked about all of them, so sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah. This is a little bit longer. but Yeah, I think we are just excited. Um, so we didn't bring up Dragon Mark for Death, which is an RPG, and I'm very excited about that. Um, but to be honest, I don't... Right now, I'm drawing a blank on some of the stuff about it. They they talked about the story a little bit, but I don't totally even remember what that was. Do you? No, I don't really remember much about the story. I do remember it looks very much like a like a 16-bit era kind of game, which is really cool. It's side scroller. Um, I think they said there's going to be like some RPG elements in it, which I'm all about. Um, I like I like both regular RPGs and light RPGs. Um, but, I mean, mainly the thing that, like, caught my attention was just, like, the art design. Like I said, it's, like, that 16-bit, like, Sega era, Super Nintendo era. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but I don't I don't remember much of it. It's, it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, they give us just enough to be excited about it, but not enough to, like, really let me kind of decide, like, okay, is this going to be a must-buy or, like, you know, should I wait and see more about it? So... Yeah, I yeah, you're right about that. They didn't do that, but it's the, from the devs that did um like Gunvolt, they did that Master Blaster Zero. Oh right. They yeah. Certainly they certainly know what they're doing with those. So I guess it's sort of like the um the deal with Next Up Hero. I guess I'm like, yeah, this 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 is worth a shot because their previous stuff has been good. Of yeah, course it would come like down it's... to the price, but yeah, if nothing else, like, the fact, like, we got this, uh, you know, it was, like, spotlighted in the in the announcement. Uh, it's on my radar now. You know, I just want some more details about it, basically. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I guess, like, the other main one was that we got Suda51's Triumphant Return as a Switch exclusive. Yeah. Um, I mean... 
I really enjoyed No More Heroes. I didn't actually play the second one. I think that came out on the Switch or the the Wii U rather. Um, actually, not sure. I don't remember if it came out on the Wii U or Wii. But I enjoyed the first one. Um, the only thing is, I'm kind of worried, and I talked to you about this a little bit before we started uh, recording. I'm kind of worried that we're in like a bait and switch situation where we got this like really cool Suda 51, you know, style trailer that like teases the game, Travis Football's back, all these like cool iconic characters. But the way that they like talked about the game and the actual trailer is like basically you get sucked into a video game console and you have to play through the games to get out of it. So it's like, are we getting a, like a no more heroes kind of game or are we getting like an indie game collection, which like it could be cool, but what's going on here? Like, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I really am not unsure. I, I thought that the trailer was cool. Like it had a lot of no more heroes visuals, but Travis is sitting there. He's playing hotline Miami which of course that's what he would be playing, but it is confusing. Like, is that what the game's going to look like? Or are you just doing that to make us realize that it's in the normal heroes world? Um, I don't know. Like if it's more of a like collection of stuff, cause they talked about like you, they get like sucked into a game console and they have to like fight their way through games to get out or something. If it's more like a games collection, I don't think I'd be into that. So I guess we just got to see where it goes and get more details about it. Cause that's still not, that's still a ways off. Yeah. Too. So th- they actually released a, um, uh, there's an image that came out that actually shows like the release dates and uh, Travis strikes again, no more heroes as they're calling it. Um, it. It's the latest of all 20 games. So I mean, we've got a long time. It's just coming in 2018. I mean, Maybe some of them will get bumped around. You know, who knows? That's still a bit away, but. So I don't know. You have I mean, any other. Yeah, no. So, like, uh, I do think there was a couple games that we were both surprised that we didn't hear anything about, like Stardew Valley. We're both really big fans of. Um, I think a lot of us were expecting Hollow Knight to be mentioned, and we didn't get any of that. But um, I've been seeing, like, tweets that have been going out from developers, and a lot of them we're saying that like uh, starting PAX West, which I think uh, starts on Friday and goes through the weekend uh, that they're going to be showcasing it in the stream that Nintendo was talking about. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see more stuff. I I wish we had gotten like a couple more release dates. Like, like I said, there was like a, a little image uh, that was released. Um, I don't know how official it is, but it's like, you know, basically like release windows. And a lot of them are coming like this fall, like, um, let's see here. It's nine, nine of the 20 games are coming this fall, which is cool. That's a lot of games, but it does feel kind of weird that like some of these games, we don't have a definite release window on like, even like golf story. Like I'm so excited about golf story. And like, they just say available September, 2017. I'm like, dude, that's two days away. Like, can we get a real, a real release date, please? Yeah, I think that's sort of a, maybe part of the indie thing. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like we've, we've, we've seen reports that Stardew Valley by the end of this week will be submitted for like, 
you know, certification and stuff to Nintendo, but they won't say a release date until they know what a release date is. So right. I don't know, maybe that's part of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. So yeah, there, there was other stuff shown on Twitter that they couldn't get into the presentation. Um, yeah. Mutant Mudge, Chicken Wiggle, um, ukulele. stuff like that. Yeah, ukulele that are coming to Switch. Um, so that's, that's great. Like, that's awesome. Um, there's a ton of stuff like it's like, oh, first coming on Switch, or like this is a console exclusive to Switch, which is interesting that they're pulling that off. Even even though it's like an indie game, that there's still a number of them that are like, wow, that's a big time developer, and if that's only going to be on Switch, like that's big. So yeah. I find that interesting too. Yeah, I mean, like we said a couple times throughout all of it, it's like just seeing these like you know there's not trying to be mean, but there's like two kinds of indie developers. There's the like established indie developers like team meet. And then there's like the new names. And it, it's cool to see so many like established indie, indie developers uh, come to the switch. And it's weird, like established indie kind of, <laughs> kind of seems to clash a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I'm excited about all that stuff. They, I think they did a pretty good job today. So there's a lot to look forward to on the indie front for sure. So we got a uh, listener question. You want to get into that one? Yeah. Um, so someone asked us uh, how we would rate uh, Breath of the Wild. And uh, funny enough, today, um, Edge Magazine also released a list of, I think, like 100 best video games of all time. And they put Breath of the Wild as the best video game ever made. Uh, so, Chris, what do, you, what do you think? Like, where does Breath of the Wild fall for you? Not just in terms, I guess, of Zelda games, but, like, in terms of, like, is it the best game of all time? Is it in your top ten? Yeah, I think it's pretty easy to put it in top ten for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I gave you an easy I, one I there. Sorry more... about that. Yeah, I think I need more time to decide in terms of where in there. Um, yeah. Because, like, we need, I don't know, it's still really fresh. But, yeah, it's an incredible experience. I know that I'll remember it forever. Um, I obviously haven't been playing it this week. But right. when the DLC dropped, I instantly jumped back in. I had already put close to 100 hours into the game which is wild. I mean, generally your Zelda experiences were 30 to 40 hours max. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. There's not a lot to say that hasn't been said about the game, but I, I loved it. It's incredible. There's, yeah, there's certainly things that's not perfect about it, but it tries so many things that are done in a new, fresh way, a new take on it. It's an entirely new take on the open world genre. Um, it's just so good. There's so much that's to it that I just loved it. Yeah. I mean, leave it to Nintendo, right? To make like an open world game that you can literally climb anything, right? Like we've been getting like open world games for a long time now. I mean, probably for pushing, I don't know. I guess the first one I can think of, I'm sure it's not the first one, but it's like Grand Theft Auto 2, right? Where it's like top down, do whatever you want in it. But like, 
man, it, it was just crazy to me, the freedom in that game. Um, and like you said, like, it's easily the most time I've ever put into a Zelda game. Um, for me, I think the only thing that really, like, holds it back is, like, I really wish that we had gotten, like, a little bit more story. I mean, it's been it's been long enough now that I feel like we can talk about it a little bit, but, like, spoilers, I guess, if you haven't beaten it yet. But um, the, uh, like, Gerudo Desert, um, which I, I actually... <laughs> Now that I'm saying it, it was the Grudos, right? Like, they weren't called something else in yeah. this game. Yeah, no, it was yeah. Grudos, yeah. I feel like the Grudo, the Grudo Desert one was, like, the closest we got to, like, a really fleshed-out story. And I guess, like, also the Zora Domain one. But, like, I really... I don't know. I didn't really care too much about... I, I guess that's not true. I, like, out of the four dungeons, three of them really, like, pulled me in. Um, I didn't really care so much about the the Ruto... Uh, storyline I I mean it was actually like one of my favorite like dungeons out of the four of them but I I don't know I I wanted like more story and I think like the Zoro domain one and the fact that like Link had like a love interest um and then also the Gruta Desert one where like um if you remember from like the memories that you get from it which like again spoiler I'm not trying to ruin anything for you um but like, uh, you really get the um, like backstory of like how Zelda was doing after she really couldn't awaken her power. Um, I mean, all of it was just—I wanted more of that. I just wanted more of the story, which seems weird because like in Zelda games, you usually get like a ton of story. So I don't know. I would say like yeah. it's probably tied with me for best. I'll say it. Uh, like it's like the best it's easily the best put it this way easily the best in terms of gameplay not the best in terms of story so i don't know ask me one day how i feel about it i'll give you two different answers on any given day so yeah yeah that's that's pretty fair i think the gameplay is where most of the stuff shines um yeah yeah i think you're right about that but i think they're gonna fix the story thing which I guess is, you know, not totally fair in terms of it should probably be there in the first place, but the DLC we're going to get, the Champions Ballad, is all about stuff that seems to be missing. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's part of it, too. Um, there's probably, you know, an addition that will have all the DLC and stuff as part of it, and so maybe that would be something I would consider as best, but we'll see when that comes out. The first DLC had zero story. It just added a bunch of cool new stuff, hard mode and things like that. Um, so, I don't know. I guess we'll probably, like, reference Zelda a lot as we go through the show. But um, over time, I guess that's kind of overall. We really like it. Easily a top 10 all time. It's hard for me because I look back and probably there's some nostalgia with like other Zelda games like Castlevania Symphony of the Night, Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VI, um, Super Mario World, Super Metroid. Like it's hard to say like, oh, it's better than some of that stuff. There's even games that I'm probably not even thinking about that I love. So I don't know, but it's an interesting question. Maybe we'll come back to it again later. But thank you, James yeah. Genova, friend of the show, sending us that tweet. Um and uh, I guess that's about a wrap for us. Yeah. I mean, we talked for a good long time. Thanks for 
you know, staying with us and listening to her talk about indie games. Um, if you have an indie game favorite that you think that we should pay more attention to, uh, give us a message on Twitter or send us a tweet on Twitter. Um, you know, let us know what you think about it. Yeah, Twitter or Anchor. Download the Anchor app. That's where we're recording this. You can send us a call in and let us know what you think. We'll talk about it here on the show. We'll add it. Um, be right there on the show. We'll talk about it. Um, you can also leave us a review. We're on Apple Podcasts and Google Play as of now. And you can also send us an email at switchboardpodcast at gmail.com to let us know what indie games we forgot or your thoughts. Tell us how much you're excited about Golf Story like us. Um, we'd love to so hear from you. So excited. Yeah, it's going to be so good. Um, all, right. all right, man. Well, I guess that's a wrap. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, my name's Josh. Uh, this was Chris. And yeah, hope you guys have been enjoying your Switch, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.